0: Hey everybody, you're listening to the Legacy Church podcast. Legacy Church is a multi-generational church that exists to worship God, become like Jesus, and bring hope to our community. Today we're sharing a message from our current series. We believe that the Word of God is powerful and has real-life application to our lives today. We hope that this message encourages you. Get connected and learn more about us by visiting our website at lgcy.church. Well, if I haven't had a chance to meet you yet, my name is Matt Shuttlesworth, and I, along with my wife, Pastor Rachel, are the senior pastors here at Legacy Church, and we are so excited that you joined us this morning. We have been in a series uh, for the last, this is week four, we've been in a series for the last three weeks called Trust Fund. Trust Fund. Does anybody wish they had a trust fund in the age that we're in? So I'm going to start in Matthew 6, uh, verse 31 through 34. It says, don't worry and say, what will we eat? What will we drink? Or what will we wear? The people who don't know God, I love this translation, the New Century Version. It says, the people who don't know God keep trying to get these things and your father in heaven knows you need them. Seek first God's kingdom and what God wants, then all your other needs will be met as well. So it says, so don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow will have its own worries. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Come on, we live in a world where each day has enough trouble of its own. Let's pray this morning. God, we are so thankful for, for your word. We are so thankful for uh, the series that we are in. We're so thankful for how you are challenging us to grow in our trust in all areas of our life, but to grow in our trust, especially when it comes to our finances. In a world that is shaky, in a world where the markets seem all over the place, God, as we plant into your kingdom, a kingdom that can't go bankrupt. As we plant into your kingdom, uh, some of the greatest soil that we'll ever see, God, there will be increase. And I believe that in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. However, has anybody ever heard the saying, first things first? Now, we just dedicated these kids and they're just a few short years away from the parents saying, first thing is first. I know with my kids, they come home from school and uh, we asked them to take their lunchbox out. We asked them to take it to the kitchen. We asked them to uh, unload their lunchbox and put it on the calendar uh, or sorry, put it on the counter in the sink. And uh, but a lot of times they just forget what we've asked them to do. We forget they forget the priorities and the order in which we've asked them to do something. And so they'll come home and they'll throw their backpack at the front door. Their shoes will just go in two different directions. Their coats just end up lying in the middle of the entryway. And they're like, can I play video games? Can I play with my friends? Can I go on my iPad? Charlie in London, first things first. You must do what we've asked you to do. First things first. Well, daddy, can I... Daddy, can I? Dad? First things first. Clean up your room first. Do your homework first. Then you can go play with your friends. Feed your bunny. My daughter has a bunny. What that means is my wife has a bunny that my daughter loves. <laughs> Feed your bunny. Take care of your bunny before you go and do this. Because first things First, we must understand that there is a priority. We must understand that life has an order. When our kids are younger, we're trying to teach them that. That life has an order. It has a priority. But the thing is, when we're immature, we just understand what we want to do. When I grow up, and we've heard the kids say it. When you say first things first. The kid's response is usually, well, when I grow up, I'm going to take things into my own hands. When I grow up, I'm just going to eat dessert for dinner all the time. When I grow up, I'm going to stay up all night and play video games and talk to my friends. When I grow up, I'm going to drive as fast as I want in my car. How many has ever said when I grow up before? Because of something your parents told you. But we begin to realize very quickly. After we were throwing up for the dessert we ate for dinner. After we were red-eyed from staying up all night playing video games and talking to our friends. And as we were in a prison cell for driving 200 kilometers an hour in an 80-kilometer zone. That there were priorities and order to life. But that's why we try, uh, there's a, for some reason, as our parents are teaching us, and as our parents are trying to get this in our lives, that life has priority, life has order in it. There's a a reason in us that we begin to stray from the things that we've been taught from a young age. It's because we are selfish beings. It's because we were, we want to be first in our decisions. We don't want anybody to tell us what to do. We don't want anybody to tell us what to do with our life. We don't want anybody to tell us what to do with our time. We don't want anybody. Come on. We especially don't want anybody to tell us what to do with our finances. And that's why in this series, we get so tight. Well, Pastor Matt, Pastor Ray, they're telling us what I have to do. There's a Reddit thread about our church that someone left our church some time ago because we required them to tithe. We don't require anybody. We're not calling your house if you don't tithe. That's between you and God. I don't even know who tithes. We don't want anybody to tell us what to do in our relationships. But there was a certain moment for most of us when life came back into focus after we strayed from the priority, after we strayed from the order where life came back into focus. And we started to realize very quickly if we didn't bring back order and priority back into our life, things were going to fall apart. So my goal today is to help you to mature when it comes to the things of understanding priority and order. Everybody say first things first. Now, part of the vision that God has given our house this year is that we are to go deeper. And so today I want to take you deeper in your understanding. I want to take you to the next level of your understanding when it comes to talking about priority. If you're taking notes, my message is simply called First Things First. Now, there are more than 500 verses in the Bible that talk about prayer. How many understand that prayer is our secret sauce as a church? It's how this church was founded from the very beginning. So there are more than 400 verses in the Bible that talk about prayer. It's an integral part of who we are as believers. There are close to 500 in the uh, verses in the Bible that talk about faith. Faith is an integral part. We just spent seven weeks, eight weeks talking about faith. But there, but there in the Bible are more than 2000 verses talking about the subject of money and possessions more than faith. More than prayer combined, talking about money and possessions. Jesus talked in 16 of his 38 parables on the subject of money and possessions. So clearly from the Bible's standpoint, we need to understand money and how to handle it properly. Why? Because actually it's a test from God. It's a test from God. How we handle money reveals a lot about our priorities. How we handle money reveals a lot about our loyalties. How we handle money reveals a lot about our affections. In fact, money and our relationship with it directly dictates many of the blessings we will receive or won't experience. Please don't turn me out. Don't tune me out in this moment. Don't tune me out in this section. Don't get too sucked into your Instagram feed that you don't hear me today because I believe this is the most important message in this series. This is about you getting something that can change your life. It can change your family, your children, your grandchildren. Because if we get our priorities aligned with God, if we get our priorities aligned with what the word of God says, everything else will come into order. If God is first in our life, everything else will come into order. I'm not saying you won't have difficulties. I'm not saying you won't have struggles, but would you rather go through the struggles and the difficulties with everything in order or everything in chaos? But in order to trust God, we had to start with our mindset. That was week one of the series that Pastor H laid out that we have to start in the mind, the mindset of uh, the things that we carry, even the negative things that have to change from previous mindsets. Week two, I talked about our heart. Our heart has to change. We have to have a, a, a heart of gratitude. And then in week three, Pastor H began to dive into the principle, talking about the tithe last week. And today we're going to dive in a little bit deeper into more principle. But in order to do that, we must understand how to release. Say release. What you are willing to part with shows what you are willing to be a part of. Let me say that again. What you are willing to part with shows what you're willing to be a part of. Now, how can I help you see this in a greater capacity? And I was thinking about this and uh, being a girl, dad, you learn a lot of things very quickly from a lot of different areas. And you say, well, Pastor Matt, can't we just go to the scripture? Well, we're going to get to a lot of scripture. But here's how I want to show you this, because uh, uh, as my daughter was growing up, there was a certain um, there was a certain Story that she loved to gravitate to. And it was the story of a princess called Elsa. Everybody say Elsa. The queen, now she's the queen of Arendelle. So how can I describe this to you in a greater capacity? What we've learned from Elsa is to do what? Let it go, let it go. Can't hold it back anymore. You didn't know you were gonna get a Disney song this morning. Let it go, let it go. What is it? Throw. A blah, 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 blah. I think it's still number one on my Apple Music playlist, just because of my daughter. But I wanted to give you what I was calling the Elsa equation. So. The Elsa equation, now, uh, my dream has been for a very long time, for as long as I can remember, uh, to travel to a place called the, the Maldives. Everybody have, has ever seen the Maldives? Come on, that looks so good right now, doesn't it? Come on, just to have your own personal hut on the middle of the Indian Ocean. Come on, that is, that is my dream desire, is to go to the Maldives. So my desire... Is to travel. Does anybody desire to travel? They wish they were traveling today. Come on. You wish you were in Hawaii right now. See, my desire is to travel. But in order to get to the place that I want to go, in order to get to the Maldives, eventually, I have to recognize currently my location. My location in this moment is Hamilton, Ontario. Right? Right. So if you don't recognize your location, if you don't understand your desire and then recognize your location, you're going to have a hard time recognizing how you're going to be able to get to the middle of the Indian Ocean because you're not going to be able to walk there. You're not going to be able to drive there. You're either going to have to do one of two things. You're going to have to board a boat and trust in buoyancy, Or you're going to have to trust that a plane can fly in the air. Am I right? So my desire is to travel. I must recognize my current location, which is Hamilton, Ontario today. But in order to get to the destination of where I would like to go, there is something that I must let go of. What do I need to let go of? First and foremost, I must let go of the ground. In order to either board a boat or a plane. But I also must let go of my bank account. Because if you've ever researched going to the Maldives, it is not cheap. That's why I've never been there. To go there costs more than my house. So it's my desire to travel. My location, I have to recognize, is where I'm standing in Ontario. But in order to get there, I have to let go of something which is the ground and which is my bank account to be a part of the Maldives. So let me, let me break this down maybe more personally. My desire, see it means that we have to part with something or sacrifice something to be a part of something greater. There's a place that God has called for us, the place that God has for us. It has everything you ever wanted and more, but in order to be a part of it, you must release something first. So I'm gonna say that I've desired to have a healthy lifestyle. You say, well, you look pretty healthy. Well, that's why I wear big baggy shirts because I'm hiding a number of things under that. My desire is to have a healthy lifestyle, but my current location, my current location is I'm going to say about 190 pounds ish. I don't want to tell you personally because it's the heaviest I've ever been. But I'll be truthful. It's 190 pounds ish. That's my current location. When I stepped on the scale not too long ago, I began to realize, God, what are you doing? I need to pursue a healthy lifestyle. So my location is 190 pounds ish but what do I have to let go of to become a part of something greater? I have to let go of junk food and I have to let go of my non-desire to ever go to the gym again. Am I right? See, if I can let go of junk food, the thing that maybe I've drawn to in comfort in this last season. Come on, we've all been, been there. Ben and Jerry's, pint, one sitting. Come on, whole sleeve of Oreos. We've all been there. But in order to have a healthy lifestyle, I have to get rid of junk food. I have to get rid of my unwillingness to go to the gym, to be a part of, to be in the best shape of my life. Now, a lot of us, we want, our desire is to live a blessed life. Our desire is to live a blessed life, but our location is our negative mindset. Our location is that our heart is under attack. So in order to have a blessed life, I have to recognize that my mind has to be changed, that my heart has to be changed. But then what do I have to let go of? We have to let go of the tithe or 10% in order to be a part of what? A heavenly or a kingdom trust fund. There is something that we must let go of to become a part of something so much greater. Now, let me show you this in one more way, because this is how a lot of us are today with what we got. I have twenty dollars in my hand, but this is how we hold our twenty dollars. A tornado could come and blow us all over and we'd still be suffocating the person on this bill who is the queen who will soon be the king. See, a lot of us, this is how we hold on to what we have. This is mine. I got it. This is, this is my, my location. Is This $20 is all I got. But what God is saying is, in order to get you to a blessed life, and this is one thing my dad always taught me, to never have a closed hand. Why? Because when you have a closed hand, it's hard. To have an opportunity to release it. What my dad always taught me was this. He said, in order to release it, you have to have an open hand. So when you have an open hand and you're, you're able to release it, then what happens? Then you have the capacity for more. But when we're suffocating the queen, that sounds very terrible. When we're suffocating the queen, it's hard for more to come because we're still holding on to what we have. Rather than allowing for an open hand for more to come. See, this is how we should be. Rather than holding on to it so t- tightly, we should have an open hand. Okay, thank you, God. I'm thank- thankful for- that you blessed me this week. I'm thank you- thankful that you brought more increase this week. Okay, how can I release it? How can I push it on? How can I get it to the next level so that you can bring more? But this is how we are. And we tend to be, in order to, be, to, give, to have more given to us, we must release the death grip of what we currently have in our possession. Now, what I want you to understand is how important it is to trust in God in everything that we do, especially when it comes to our finances. See, the principle of tithing is for everybody, but it won't be for everybody. Let me say that again until you get it. The principle of tithing is Accessible for everybody, but it won't be for everybody. Why? Because anyone can participate in it. But the principle of tithing is for people who consider God first in their life. Say first things first. Don't tell me he's not first in your life if he's not first in your life. Now I think about this on my phone. And on my phone, I have my favorites. Everybody have their favorites on their phone? Back in the day, T-Mobile in the States used to have the Fab Five. And the the I, I guess it was the Fab Five. You used to have unlimited calling, unlimited text messages. And then everyone outside of that used to get charged. So you realized real quickly who you were in communication with consistently. But on the top of my phone, and I wish maybe I should have took a picture of this. On the top of my phone is my wife. She's the first one. Why? Because she is number one in my life on this earth. She's number one. If she calls, I'll drop everything. I don't care if I'm in the middle of the, in a meeting. I don't care where it may be. If she calls me, I'm answering it. Now, I can't say the same for her. She's very hard to get a hold of. Maybe I'm number three on her list. I'm not sure. But in my phone, my wife is number one. My father is number two. My mom is number three. Linda, who works for us here at the church, our assistant, she's number four. (laughs) You made the list, Lynn. My uncle, Pastor Dave Mischuck, is number five. And Brett Esslinger is number six. See, your favorites show you who is a priority in your life. In the realms of relationship, my wife is number one. No matter where I am, I'm going to answer that call because she is first in my life. But in the same way, we have favorites when it comes to the things of our finances. They used to say, look at your checkbook register. We don't have those anymore. Thank God, because I had to take a college course just to figure out how to balance it. Kidding. I'm a little bit smarter than that. Now we have online, we can go online and we can see every transaction. For some of us, number one in our life is Uber Eats. Am I right? For some of us, number one in our life is Amazon, because if nothing else brings you joy, knowing coming home to 10 packages will bring you a split second of joy. Oh, I'm surprised, there's a package from Amazon. You know, you got 30 coming. For some of us, the mortgage company is our priority. Can I tell you, the mortgage company doesn't, isn't going to bless you. That's not where your blessing comes from. Who is first? There's a principle that we like to call the principle of firsts. That is all throughout the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. Now, in the Bible, this could be called the principle of the firstborn or the principle of the firstfruits. Exodus 13 And please just bear with me for a few moments. You're going to get this in just a second because it's not going to make sense as we read it until a moment later. So please don't tune me out. It says, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, consecrate to me all the firstborn, whatever opens the womb among the children of Israel, both of man and of beasts. And he says, it is mine. says, it is mine. He says, whatever it is, it is mine. Jumping down to verse 12 and 13 that you shall set apart to the Lord all that open the womb. That is, every firstborn that comes from an animal which you have, the male shall be the Lord's. But every firstborn of a donkey you shall redeem with a lamb. And if you will not redeem it, then you shall break its neck. Where's Peter on that one? And all the firstborn of man Among your sons, you shall redeem. In other words, what he's saying is the firstborn is either going to be sacrificed or it's going to be redeemed. It's going to be sacrificed or it's going to be redeemed. The first of everything must either be sacrificed or redeemed. Well, how do you know what needs to be sacrificed and how do you know what needs to be redeemed? Well, given in this passage of Scripture is two classifications of animals. A donkey, which back then and still today is considered an unclean animal. If you've ever seen a donkey, they're covered in dung. That's a nice way of saying poo. A donkey is an unclean animal, but a lamb, on the other hand, is considered clean or pure. Pure. Now, what he's saying here is if you have the lamb, the firstborn is mine. If your clean animal has a firstborn, you must sacrifice it to God. But if you have a donkey, and here's where it's going to start to make sense. If you have a donkey has a firstborn, I won't accept it because it's unclean. So you must redeem the donkey. You must redeem the unclean. By getting a lamb, a pure animal, a clean animal. So what you have to understand is this is a principle that is all throughout the Bible. The firstborn represents the tithe. Now, let me ask you this question. Were you and I born spiritually clean or unclean? Were you and I born clean? Were we born pure? No, we were born into sin. Which would be unclean. You don't have to teach your kids how to be bad. They're naturally bad. Am I right? You have to teach them. What sin is. You have to teach them what is wrong, what is right, and what is wrong. It comes naturally. We were born with a sin nature. Now, let me ask you this question. Was Jesus born clean or unclean? He was born clean. Am I right? What Jesus did was he took the unclean and he redeemed it with the clean, which was his sacrifice on the cross. In other words, the clean Jesus had to be sacrificed on the cross so the unclean would be redeemed. The only reason we are standing here today is because the spotless lamb, Jesus, took our place. God sent him to take our place. He was placed on the cross to redeem the unclean. This is the principle of tithing that goes all throughout the Bible. Let me tell you something. When God sent Jesus, that was God's tithe. Jesus was God's tithe. He gave his first son so that the other children could be redeemed and could be made clean. You thought this was all about money the whole time. But it's all throughout the Bible. He took his only son. God gave Christ in hope that we would believe. He didn't know if we would believe. But he gave it in hope. He gave it in faith, knowing maybe Phil one day would step into a church. And come to know me. Maybe Nate one day would step into a church and come to know me. Maybe Josh one day would step into a church and come to. That's why I sent my son. In faith, knowing that the clean would redeem the unclean. This is why we return our tithe first. Because it doesn't take faith to give. Whatever's left, it takes faith to give what is first. It's easier to give when everything else is taken care of. Well, okay, the the, the mortgage is is good. The car payments are up to date. Insurance is good. Uh, We got enough groceries to make it through. Okay, what's left over to give this Sunday? See, that's how we've thought. And in some cases, that's how we've lived our lives. I heard a recent testimony from someone and they came to me. Actually, they came to me last Sunday. They came to me and said, Pastor Matt, like I had a hard time with tithing. I had a hard time understanding this because of certain things that I saw in my church at home. And I had a really hard time tithing. But they said to me that that God told, told us and he showed us that we were supposed to start tithing. And so I wanted to tell you that we started tithing back in February and we started putting God first in our finances. We started putting God first in this. The first thing that came out was our tithe. And he said, I've only been working at this job for about a year and I I didn't expect anything. But last week, my boss came to me and said, we want to give you a raise. Not only do we want to give you a raise, we want to give you a bonus on top of it. But he said, Pastor Matt, what I didn't realize until today was he said they prorated that raise and that bonus back to February, the very day that we started tithing. See, it was because they released first that the blessing came. And so what he goes on to tell me and I wasn't planning on saying this. What he goes on to tell me is there's two expenses that are really large that are coming up. One of which my wife is in school, and that's about $10,000. Another of which are something that can help us uh, to, to live in this country. And they said, but he said, but in that moment, he said, but now I'm beginning to realize that what we were given and what we were blessed with wasn't for us to take care of those needs. It was for us to give. And so we're so excited for the Legacy Faith offering. And I began to realize that this is what the church needs, not this, not just this church, the church, the capital C church that our priorities and that our order gets back into place. They got blessed and got a blessed life because they learned to release first in just a short amount of time. And God brought a blessing. They learned to put him first in the tithe so that the rest could be blessed, but that everything else could be released. Now, I'm going to say something that may twist you up a little bit. The tithe doesn't enact the blessing. But it's the faith to release it first that enacts the blessing. Maybe you heard it wrong. It's the tithe that doesn't enact the blessing. It's the faith to release it first that enacts the blessing. God wants our trust. He wants to know that we have put him first. Second thing is this. The first fruits must be offered. The first fruits must be offered. Proverbs 3 verses 9 and 10. I thought I had a timer on there, so I don't know how long I am, but Proverbs 3 verses 9 and 10. Honor the Lord with your possessions. And with the first fruits of all your increase, everybody say all my increase so that your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. For those of you who have tried to work in the loophole of the Old Testament versus the New Testament and trying to find a loophole so you don't have to tithe, do whatever you want to do. But here it is. This is not the law. This is hundreds of years after the law. This is a principle that runs all throughout the word of God. What he's saying is honor me first, and then you will have more than enough. Countdown. (laughs) It's funny. Last week, last week in Kitchener, uh, we had a bit of an issue with one of the musicians. And so they had worked out a plan to put on a song uh, to kind of play me off. Uh, But the problem was, is I wasn't near the end of my message. And so this track came on. This track came on and then it kept getting a little bit louder and a little bit louder. And I'm like, am I at the Oscars? You trying to play me off? I understand it might be a little bit longer. But I said, I'm not there yet. Turn it off. Thank you. Woo. My countdown. I got six minutes. Okay, no. He's saying, honor me first, and then we'll have you'll have more than enough. God is trying to give us a cheat code so that we never run out. Exodus 23, 19, the first of the first fruits. Come on, he's like really putting an emphasis there. It's not not just the first fruits, right? It's the first of the first fruits. Not just the first fruits, the first of the first fruits. He's like extra, extra emphasis. The first of the first. That's how important it is. Of your land, you shall bring into the house of the Lord, your God. Did he say give? What does it say? What's the word used there? The first of the first fruits of your land, you shall bring into the house of the Lord, your God. doesn't say give, it says bring. God never uses the word give when he's talking about tithing. Because we can't give something that doesn't belong to us. According to the Bible, and this may shock you, it's the word of God. Either you're going to bring it or you're going to steal it. Malachi 3, 8 and 9. Will a man rob God? Yet have you robbed me? But you say, in what way have we robbed you? It says, in tithes and in offering, you are cursed with a curse for you have robbed me. See, some of us are taking the first fruits. We're taking the key to our blessing and we're wearing it. Some of us are taking the key to our blessing and we're driving it around. Some of us are taking the key to our blessing and we're living in it. Some of us are taking the key to our blessing and we're giving it to Amazon because I could not not buy that dress. Not me, I don't buy dresses. I could not not buy that thing. We are devouring the key to our financial increase. Why? Because the church... The modern day church has a trust issue. We are devouring the key to our financial increase. We are devouring the key to our financial blessing. Someone say first things first. Genesis 4 verses 3 through 5. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain. Come on, I'm going to just one more scripture here. It came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. Now, Abel was a shepherd and he brought the firstborn, but Cain was a farmer, but he didn't bring the first of the first fruits. Why? Some time had passed. He brought an offering, he brought something but it was as time had passed. It wasn't the first of the first fruits. See, God accepted the firstborn from Abel, but God didn't accept the offering that was brought over the process of time by Cain. Why? Because Cain brought what he wanted when he wanted. He brought what he wanted when he wanted, but God, I needed to pay my bills. You didn't know who was calling me. You didn't know who was hounding me down. But God, I needed to take care of my mortgage. This is the only thing we got. But God, I was hungry. But God, my kids, but God. Didn't we read at the beginning from Matthew 6? It says the people who don't know God try to keep or try to get these things. But it says, and your Father in heaven knows when you need them. Knows when you need them. He knows everything you need. He knows what you're going through. He knows the situation that you're in. Maybe you're going through that situation, not because He doesn't want to release it, but because He wants you to trust in Him. We have trust issues in the modern church. We do. What would the church look like in 2023 if we fully trusted God? What would it look like? I'm gonna use this example, and it's not in my notes. I have a cousin who is in ministry, his name's Jonathan, and he's been in ministry I think for almost 23 years now. And there was a season of his ministry where he had nothing. Didn't even have a hundred bucks. To go and travel where he needed to go. There was a moment in his ministry where God told him, I want you to give everything you got. There's actually video of him. He's in a meeting. A meeting that was uh, at the river in Tampa Bay. Dr. Rodney Howard Brown's church. He's sitting in the front row. He didn't have much to his name. But in that moment. God told him to give everything you got. So he gave, emptied out his checking account in that moment. Went back to his seat. Worship was going on. God said, I want you to give everything you got. He said, God, I just emptied out my checking. There's nothing left. So he said, what, do I, what else do I have to give? He began to take off his suit jacket. He went and laid it at the altar. Walked back to his seat. God said, I want you to give everything that you have. Went back, took off his tie, took off his shoes, put his wallet on the altar. Went back to his seat. God said, I want you to give everything you have. He said, God, they're going to arrest me if I take off anything else. Went back, unbuttoned his shirt. He had a t-shirt underneath. Thank God. Laid it on the altar. Walked out of that auditorium that night. In socks. What was left of pants and a t-shirt. He said, I went to a restaurant in Walmart slippers that I bought because I knew that was the only way they were going to let me in. $5 slippers. He said, but from the moment that I gave everything was the moment that our ministry and my life changed. Fast forward about 18 years later, he told God, God, when our church and our, our ministry, he just started a church. God, when our church and our ministry Our bank account reaches $3 million. I'm gonna write a check for a million dollars. So, just a few weeks ago, if you followed me on Instagram, you saw that I reposted it. Wrote his first check, their ministry's first check for a million dollars. You'll say, Well, that takes, yeah, but it's because he was faithful with what he had on him. And then the next time it was faithful, maybe it was a thousand. The next time it was faithful, maybe it was 10,000. He goes on to say, I didn't get to giving a million dollars. It was a process of time, but it, it was because I put God first and I was obedient to what he asked me. There was a process when they were about to buy a building in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. They were going to buy a building to start their church in a few years ago. They had $605,000 in their ministry bank account. And the night before they were going to give a $550,000 down payment on a building they were looking at, God said, I want you to give a $100,000 offering. He said, But God, like we're going to get, we're gonna, I, I a $550,000 down payment tomorrow. He said, Just trust me. So he gave the $100,000 offering from their ministry. They walked into the lawyer's office the next day. And the lawyer said to them, because they were like, okay, we got the the check. It's here. It's available. He said, you're not going to need that. He said, the owner came to us and told us to waive the fee. You don't need a $550,000 down payment. Not only that, they've decided that they were going to lower the payment. And they were going to take care of the mortgage. Not only that, they're going to leave all the furniture. It's a four-story building, four-story corporate building. Not only that, they're going to leave all the furniture in the building. They were going to take it originally, but they're going to leave all the furniture in the building. The value of the furniture alone in that building was worth over $2 million. They could have sold it the next day for $2 million. Just based on the furniture that was in the building. Come to find out that the person that owned the building got saved through his dad's ministry years ago. Found out he was a minister and said, we're going to take care of you. We're going to take care of you. Where in the world can you give a $100,000 seed and the next day turn around and have $2.5 Where in the world, if anybody's in business and finance, where in the world can you give 10% and have unlimited access to the trust fund of heaven? You can't invest in any gold. You can't invest in any banks. You can't invest in any stock. You can't even invest in any crypto. With 10% and have unlimited access to the kingdom of heaven's trust fund. We must trust God. We must put him first. We must offer the first fruits. To have access to an unlimited blessing. I remember when Pastor Rach and I sold our house in the middle of a pandemic. I didn't want to do it. Began to pray. And God spoke to me. He said. I need you to release it. I said God. I've lived here for. A little over a year. This is a great. This neighborhood for my kids. Great school. We're comfortable here. It has plenty of enough space. For my family to have people over. To do the things of the church. He said I want you to release it. I said God. Okay, so we put, put our house up for sale. In the middle of a pandemic, we didn't know where were we were going to go. We didn't know what we were going to do. Sold our house, had 36 showings in less than 24 hours. Sold our house over asking. Once the closing date came, said, Okay. Here's what we've been given. We looked at each other. We said, okay, it's time to give our tithe first before we give anything else. How many know when you look at that check with all those zeros on it, you're like, man, I could go to the Maldives with this. But when you look at that check with all those zeros in it, it hurts. I'm not saying it doesn't hurt but what I knew on the other side was that God was going to take care of us. Not only did he open up a temporary housing solution for us, which was so thankful and so blessed that that opened up to us. But when we sold that tithe check into this church, it wasn't a month later that my aunt and uncle in Kitchener called and said, Long story short, you've heard this. I'm not going to go into detail. They they said, would you want to take our church? And my wife and I looked at each other. And we said, had we not released first, I don't know that we would have got that phone call had we not released the tithe first before anything else, before debts, before this, before that, I said, I don't know that that call would have came. What I'm trying to tell you is when you put God first, whether it's a small amount, the amount doesn't matter. Go back to week two. I'll talk about it. The amount doesn't matter. But when you're obedient to God, he will take care of you. See, not only did we get blessed After the fact, see, it was because we were released that God not only blessed us with a house two times the size, but He gave us a whole nother church family with a building that they already had, with people that were hungry and excited for God to do something new. It's when we put God first that He comes through. What will this church look like one year from now when we decide to put God first, when we trust him in everything that we have, when we trust him in everything that we do, when we're not worried about, well, it's a good weekend. I'm going to the cottage this week, but you're saying, I want to get my kids into the house of God. I want to get my family in the house of God. I don't know what God's going to do today, but I'm coming so expectant. What will it look like? See, I'm standing on the fact. Even when people are leaving, I'm standing on the fact that we'll have 250 in each location. I'm standing on the fact that we'll be one of the first churches in this city to write a million dollar check. I'm standing on the fact when we put God first, When we allow him to take us deeper. That he'll take us farther than we could ever ask, think, or imagine. That he'll take your life farther, your finances farther, your marriage farther. 90% of our income with God's blessing is better than 100% with a curse. And that's just the start. That's just the starting block. You say, well, that's, that's a big 10%. My heart and my desire is to reverse tithe. I will get there one day. What do you say? Reverse tithe? What does that mean? That I live off of 10 and that I'm given 90. That's my heart. That's my desire. But you got to start somewhere. You got to start at the 10. You got to trust him. Quickly ending with this, because I think this is very important. Exodus 13, 14 and 15 gives us the instruction as to what we are supposed to do. So it shall be when your son asks you in time to come saying, what is this that you shall say to him? By strength of your hand, the Lord brought us out of Egypt out of the house of bondage and it came to pass when Pharaoh was stubborn about letting us go that the Lord killed all the firstborn in the land of Egypt both the firstborn of man and the firstborn of beast therefore I sacrifice to the Lord all males that open the womb but all the firstborn of my sons I redeem God is instructing the Israelites in this moment how to pass down this principle to future generations Saying, one day your kids are going to ask you why you give that way. Why you give that amount? Mom, dad, that's a large amount. Why? Why is it that you give that to the church first? Son, because daddy wasn't a good man. Daddy was addicted. Daddy was in bondage. Daddy was enslaved to the sin of this world and it was because he saved us he redeemed us because everything we had was given to us from God and I gladly give out of the first of our increase because of what he's done in my life Come on, if we're going to be legacy church, we can't just think about the now. We can't just think about ourselves. We can't just be focused on what's going on around us. There is a generation that is hungry for more of God. Thanks for listening. To hear more, subscribe to this podcast and connect with us on our website at lgcy.church.